0: Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. Hey, friends. Welcome back to the Healthy Balanced Mama podcast. Today, I'm digging into part two of my intuitive eating summer series. If you haven't listened to part one, all about ditching diets and making peace with food, I highly encourage you to go listen. My aim with this series is to give you short and sweet practical advice to begin to implement the 10 principles of intuitive eating into your life. I'm Kristen Dovniak holistic nutritionist and mama of two, and this is the Healthy Balance Mama podcast, where I believe every mama is a super mama, and you deserve to feel like one too, and you don't need to go on another diet to do it. This is a podcast about ditching the diet dogma, embracing intuitive eating, real food, and living healthy, happy, and whole. Just a reminder, for those of you who don't know what intuitive eating is, intuitive eating is a self-care nutrition framework developed by dietitians Elise Resch and Evelyn Triboli, who's been my mentor in becoming an intuitive eating counselor over the last few months. And it's based on 10 principles that has been verified by over 100 studies now to be effective in helping those that implement the principles become more in tune with their bodies, make peace with food, honor their hunger and fullness cues, and nourish themselves without dieting. It's not the hunger and fullness diet, and it's not a weight loss plan, but a framework to help you develop the skills to eat in a way that works for you. To learn more about the 10 principles, check out episode 4, The 10 Principles of Intuitive Eating, for a general overview of all 10 principles, and I'll link that in the show notes for you to go and listen. Today, we are going to take a deeper dive into two of my favorite concepts of intuitive eating, principles 4 and 6. Challenge the food police, and discover the satisfaction factor. Now, I know we're jumping around here, and for those of you who are type A, I'm sure I'm driving you crazy. And to be honest, it drove me a little crazy in the beginning to discover that the principles of intuitive eating aren't a linear process, but a framework for working through different struggles you might have and truly tuning in to what your body needs. I'm structuring these podcasts in a way that I often structure working with clients, and though everyone is different, this is typically how I like to work on the principles, starting with ditching diets and making peace with food, if the client is ready, in many cases this does come later, and then working on challenging the food police and discovering what foods are truly satisfying. So let's start with the food police. Who are the food police? The food police are the voices in your head that keep you from making peace with food, They monitor the unreasonable rules that dieting has created, the very ones you are working on ditching. The Intuitive Eating book puts it this way, the police station is housed deep in your psyche and its loudspeaker shouts negative barbs, hopeless phrases, and guilt-provoking indictments. Can anyone else relate to that? I know I can. That was something I struggled with for a really long time. Chasing the food police away is one of the most powerful steps to truly eating intuitively, but it's not so easy. But here's the cool part about the food police. The food police can transform. Rather than being a berating voice, that voice in your head can turn into a nurturing voice, the nurturer which disarms the verbal assault from the food police by reminding you to approach food from a place of self-care. Another food police voice, the nutrition informant, which keeps you stuck in food labels and macro counts, can transform into the nutrition ally who helps you make choices from a place of nourishment. The food anthropologist helps with this by coming out as a neutral observer that notices how your body and brain react to certain foods so you can make better choices that serve you. It's non-judgmental and simply creates awareness and, in turn, trust around food. The voices in your head don't have to all be bad. It's not just about putting those voices away. It's about developing the voices that serve you and your relationship with food. It's about choosing the positive, reassuring, intuitive eating voices over the ones that keep you stuck in fear and guilt and rules. So how can you identify if the food police are knocking at your door? First, you need to examine your beliefs around food. Are you still struggling to make peace with all foods? No judgment if you are. Remember, this is a journey. You might be brand new at this, or you might have been working on this for a while, and if you're still struggling, that's okay. Do you still identify food as good and bad? Do you still use phrases or think phrases like, this food has too many calories. Carbs are bad. You shouldn't eat them. Fat will just make me fat. I've already eaten too much already today. I shouldn't eat that food. People should never eat added sugar. Eating after dinner will just make me gain weight. These are just a few examples. But these beliefs that affect our thoughts are called cognitive distortions, strong statements based on false beliefs. It can be helpful to examine where these thoughts are coming from. Who told you these things? Was it a truly reputable source? Will this thought help you become more attuned to your body's innate cues? If the answer is no, it's probably a food police thought. Fighting against the food police begins by simply observing your thoughts. Then you can start questioning those belief thoughts. It can be really helpful just to reflect on past experiences. Did eating fat automatically make you fat? Did you somehow become bad for eating carbs? The answer is, of course, no. I hope you know that. Food has no reflection on our morality. But the key here is that you can start to question the thoughts with what is a true fact? What is something that I or the diet industry made up to make me feel bad or create more rules around food? And how can I reframe that thought with actual facts and experiences? Remember, again, to avoid judging yourself for having these thoughts. Like with everything else in the journey to intuitive eating and tuning into your body, it's a process. Remember just to approach this with curiosity rather than judgment. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the second principle I want to tackle today, the satisfaction factor. Once we are in a position of ditching diets and making peace with all foods, ignoring and reframing the food police's negative shouts, we can begin to choose foods that are actually satisfying. And this is such a fun part of intuitive eating. This is something I'm actually spending an entire video lesson on in the Supermama Society. It's such a big topic, but it's a really important step in your intuitive eating journey, being able to choose foods that actually satisfy you. Now, when I say a food is satisfying, I mean it's satisfying to both your taste buds as well as your body. It should be enjoyable and keep you full and not wanting more than your body needs. The intuitive eating book talks about the Japanese and how they have the wisdom to promote pleasure as one of their goals of healthy living, like their national goals of healthy living. Pleasure is one of them. In our desire to be the healthiest we can be, we often overlook the gift of being able to enjoy our food. When you eat what you really want in a positive environment, you're content after meals. You're not constantly searching in your cupboard to satisfy your cravings. You already have because you chose what you wanted. These are things like allowing yourself to eat food in a preparation you actually enjoy, choosing the option that sounds the best even if it wasn't isn't what you deem the healthy choice because the truth is you will likely eat less of the food that's actually satisfying than the one you eat in hopes of satisfaction. It also means learning what combination of foods keeps you full and energized without judgment. What works for you might not work for someone else, and what works for someone else might not work for you. Satisfaction is different for everyone. But the satisfaction factor is one of the most enjoyable changes you can make to your whole eating experience, and one of the things that will propel you forward in your intuitive eating journey because you can finally enjoy food again. The satisfaction factor is actually considered the hub in the center of the wheel of intuitive eating, and for good reason. Think about honoring your hunger, which we're going to talk about in detail in the next part of the series. The more we begin to come to our meals with gentle rather than ravenous hunger, the easier we can make choices that serve and satisfy us. When we make peace with food, we can truly ask what we really want to eat without judgment and consider the sensory qualities of food, not just nutrient value, without feeling like there's rules put on it. We can tune in to our fullness and determine which meals make us physically satisfied so we can learn what kind of meals sustain us and give us energy for our daily lives. All of the moving parts of intuitive eating work together to create a satisfying experience around food. So let's talk some practical tips on tackling the food police and choosing more satisfaction out of your food. Number one, identify the voices in your head. Learning to identify which voices your food thoughts are coming from helps you decide what to do with that thought. Should you listen or challenge that thought? Is it a helpful voice or a harmful voice? How can I reframe the thoughts in my head to more positive and encouraging intuitive eating voices? Number two, work on choosing satisfying foods. This starts first and foremost with the food piece process, having the ability to choose anything you want and deciding from there what sounds good. Sometimes you'll hit the mark, sometimes you won't. What you begin to do though is create a light mental structure for what meals do make you feel good. And knowing this might change meal to meal and season to season. Sometimes you might be satisfied by a light salad with some protein. Sometimes you need a heartier burger with fries to be satisfied. You might want soup on a rainy day and smoothie on a hot summer afternoon. This is all a learning process, and it's part of the beauty of intuitive eating, being able to choose satisfying foods, learning what is satisfying and what just isn't, and making choices that serve you within that. For instance, sometimes I like a burger with a bun, and sometimes, I know, I'll be just dissatisfied with a lettuce wrap and a big portion of sweet potato fries. There's no judgment on nutrient value of one food over another anymore. It's not decided on the food police voices in my head, but from a place of tuning in to what my body needs in that moment. And last but not least, aside from just tuning in to the sensory qualities of food, it's important to create a peaceful and satisfying atmosphere around food. I know this can be hard when you're a mama sometimes, but how can you create more peace and calm to allow yourself to better tune in to your meals? How can meals be less frantic and more mindful? Can you simply add some fresh flowers to the table? Maybe a battery-operated candle? Can you sit down to eat, turn off the TV or phone, and eat undistracted so you can really enjoy the experience? What can you do to your physical environment to make eating a more joyful experience? That is a wrap, friends. Please shoot me an email if you have follow-up questions. I'm planning on doing a Q&A episode at the end of the series and answering your questions. And please don't forget to tag me on Instagram and Facebook with the progress you're making in fighting against the diet mentality, chasing away the food police, and finding true peace and satisfaction in eating. Remember, I'm always here for one-on-one intuitive eating and nutrition coaching. Shoot me an email, chris at healthymamachris.com or head to my website, healthymamachris.com to book a free 45-minute discovery session to decide if working together is the next step in your food freedom journey. Thank you, friends, so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I truly hope it encouraged and inspired you today to live a healthier life without restriction. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you do me a huge favor and give it a star rating and review in iTunes? Every rating, review, and subscribe helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear it. You can find me, Kristen, on Instagram and Facebook at Healthy Mama Chris, or on my website HealthyMamaChris.com. And don't forget to join us in the newly launched Supermama Society, a monthly membership to help you tune in to your intuition and nourish yourself without restriction to live like the Super Mama I know you are. As a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are intended for information and inspiration only and are not a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friends.